My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of this programme will know, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring forward a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And today, that mission takes us right to the heart of Westminster, where we have Chris Cheney joining us on the programme. Chris is the Chief Executive of CW+, the official charity of Chelsea and Westminster Hospital NHS Foundation Trust. Um, Chris, very warm welcome to yourself today, and by all means, thank you for joining us. It's a real pleasure having you. Well, thank you so much for having me back on. It's a real pleasure, Chris, absolutely. Um, it's not, of course, your first time on the uh, the programme, and whenever we have had anybody from the healthcare industry coming and joining us on the show, particularly over the last couple of years, obviously a major topic has been the COVID-19 pandemic and how we've sort of charted a course through that. Now, mental health is something we've become much more acutely aware of during COVID, specifically young people's mental health. It's never really been more present in the public consciousness as we sort of come out of the pandemic. Um, could you actually tell us a little bit about the national picture for mental health and why that's something that we should all be thinking about at this stage? Well, thank you. Yes, so I think children and young people's mental health has been kind of like, has had a growing voice in kind of in, in healthcare and in public consciousness, probably going back uh, into, I suppose, the kind of 2010s, early 2010s onwards. Um, and I think um, there's been an awful lot of focus, energy and investment in that time to try and support children and young people to, um, I suppose, be kind of more aware of their own mental health and also to, to understand that there are networks of, 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 of kind of healthcare providers and other organisations from schools and colleges, uh, sexual organisations and other fantastic initiatives that they might be able to draw on. But this was very much, it was very much in a response to, I think, probably a, you know, a slight change in, 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 in societal mood. Um, and obviously, there's been a lot of shift in that in, in, in this last decade mm. in terms of socio, not, socioeconomic circumstance across the UK and, um, and some of the disparities that have brought out about that, which exacerbates mental health and the equalities that often are the, are the root of some, 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 kind of mental, some of the mental health challenges that we see young people and are facing today. Obviously, when the pandemic hit, that changed, um, uh, yeah, that, that changed the dynamic once more. And a lot of the support networks and infrastructure routines that children and young people were able to, to call upon were taken away. Um, and uh, I think what we're seeing now as we come out the other side of COVID is um, you know, probably the tip of the iceberg in terms of a, a, a huge growth, tragically, in the number of children and young people experiencing um, kind of mental health crisis or severe deterioration in their mental health. Um, and currently, I think as a society, as a healthcare system, um, as an education system, um, we are looking at how, how do we manage this? Um, the old mechanisms in some ways uh, can cope to a point. In other ways, they are struggling and are, and are getting overwhelmed. So I think there is, now is the moment, and there's an awful lot of dialogue at a national government level to think how can we actually start to reimagine how we provide this care and how can we really put the children and young people at the heart of that conversation. Yeah, and it's hugely important, isn't it? Because at this present time, I think it's only 25% of those children and young people that actually need mental health support are getting that support. And obviously there are, sort of, you mentioned the word disparities there. Children from sort of 
ethnic minority communities are less likely actually aren't they than their sort of white counterparts to access traditional mental health services and then if we look at the sort of LGBT plus community as well we're seeing a high proliferation of mental health issues within that community compared to some of their peers as well from the heterosexual community so there are disparities there as well that do also need to be addressed as well as the fact that people more broadly who need the, this support they, they need to be getting it more exactly that and i think this is you know, uh, this is something that we have to be acutely aware of um when you when you're looking to looking to address this set of challenges that there is certainly not um a one-size-fits-all approach um and understand, understanding the root causes is, is only one part uh, of the challenge um but also understanding kind of the infrastructure around children and young people um you know what their you know their belief systems their um you know, the communities that surround them mm. um you know how how mental health is discussed or not is it still stigmatized is it the right thing to talk about is it the wrong thing to talk about it you know uh, assuming that everybody's kind of in the same place is it absolutely the wrong thing to do and some of those groups that you just mentioned i think we're seeing you know, often see the sharp edge of that so we certainly do see that disparity playing out and obviously if we don't address sort of mental health properly that can also cause sort of a lot of the factors that impact overall sort of physical health and well-being can't it because you know your chances of education attainment and employment go down as um, sort of other risks increase and obviously it can lead to sort of difficult lifestyle choices such as obviously eating more drinking more for instance so you know mental health it's a bit of a vicious circle isn't it it, it sort of it ties everything together and if you don't have that sort of right headspace and that isn't addressed properly you know there can be consequences elsewhere can't there completely i mean i think if, if you know, i think you have a window um with 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 with, with, with children and young people to try and um, try and provide that that, that framework and, and to try and address the mental health challenges that, that, that they're facing. If you don't, as you say, that the the, the, the chances are that those that, that 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 you will be carrying that as an individual into your adult life. And um, as you as you have greater access, as you say, to make your own choices around you know, your diet and your lifestyle and other things like that. If those if those underlying challenges are there. There's a very good chance that those that, that, that you'll end that you'll end up with a, a you know, slightly you know, with, with a mixture um, that, that will that will not necessarily end up in a, in a positive situation. And I think one of the key things, you know, coming back to healthcare systems, uh, I think lots and lots of people, I'm sure lots of people listening, will be you know you associate the NHS at the moment with this idea of recovering from the pandemic and mm. and, and you know prevent uh, you know moving away from caring for you know, kind of like providing care in hospitals. So how do we start preventing these things? I think we have to apply the same thing, the same, the same um, approach and mentality to mental health as we are now starting to do with physical health. If we can avoid, um, you know, an individual becoming a patient into their adult life by looking to um, provide the right support, infrastructure, interventions when they're younger, I think that's absolutely the right way to do it. And ultimately, that's much, much better for the individual. It's much, much better for the for the, for the system and society as a whole. It is exactly for sort of moving the focus onto prevention as opposed to treatment. I think that's absolutely the way to go. And um, your organisation as well, Chris, CW Plus, is taking a much more active role in working across various organisations and regions to actually support the health of the UK population. Um, so how did you sort of come to sort of make these moves and why has this been an important step for yourselves to take, do you feel? It's a, it's a it's a good question and uh, and 
there is a uh, it, it wouldn't be immediately obvious why we would be doing this, given that Chelsea and Westminster hospitals, who are you know our, our healthcare our healthcare partners, our primary healthcare partners, you know Chelsea and Westminster Hospital is what we call an, an acute general hospital. Um, so we aren't a mental health specialist organisation. We do have um, a, a big cohort of children and young people who come to us via our A and E's and other paediatric services. Um, but the whole conversation about us getting involved in in this field actually began with a member of our of our of our development board approaching us and saying, you know, this is something you know I've had personal experience through my family of the mental health system in the UK and overseas, and on that journey, I've met a lot of a lot of people from all different walks of life who are telling me stories about kind of the inconsistency in care and support that they receive. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's really not as good as it needs to be. And his view um, was that we could do this better. And his challenge, and, and, and it was a simple question, you, do, you want to, do you want to try and team up and see if we, can, if we can come up with a better solution here? And it was a great question, it's a great challenge, and, and I walked away and, and sat down with the chief executive at Chelsea Westminster and the medical director and the chief nurse, and it became very clear very quickly that this was something that was very relevant to Chelsea Westminster. So we were starting to see, and this was, pretty, again, this is a conversation that was taking place probably 2017, 2018, but we were already starting to see over a five-year period prior to that a steady increase in the number of young people coming to our A&E in mental health crisis. And a lot of the, a lot of that was children and young people presenting in the mental health system in Berkeley Commons for the first time. Um, and there's a, there's a, and we all know, and we all knew, and we continue to know that um, A and E is not the right place yeah, for, for 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 young people at, at that point. We can help, we can help immediately, but actually, yeah, if we can avoid that situation um, and avoid potentially that young person ending up in hospital for a prolonged period of time when they might that might not necessarily be the right place for them. We knew that was something we had to do. So we're already seeing this tick up. So we sat down and said, okay, well, Chelsea and Westminster, we've got we're we're a small part of this big picture. And it became apparent that we needed to go and in essence build a coalition if we really wanted to think about how to kind of shift the dial a little bit on this, we'd have to go and work with other organizations. So mm. we went and approached in our area of London, our um, big NHS mental health providers. So Central Northwest London and West London Healthcare, um, and uh, they, you know, they were on board straight away. So you've got organisations there that provide specialist community care, so uh, CAM services. You've got community support services. You have specialist mental health inpatient services. So all of a sudden, we had a little NHS coalition going on. But again, that what we knew that wasn't going to be enough as well. If we really wanted to reach our kind of catchment population as, as a starting point, and I should say it is a starting point because the ambition of this program is that this should reach out beyond our area of London, actually across the whole UK and potentially beyond. Um, you know, we've got, uh, I think, approximately half a million under 18s on our doorstep across the eight boroughs that make up our integrated care system. So we had to think about how we can actually go you know, take a program to them. How do we engage that? that big group of people across this diverse area mm. and what is a very um, vibrant multi-ethnic um, uh, population uh, uh, across a, a big geographical area you know, again expecting people to come to NHS services wasn't the right way of doing it so we needed to start thinking about community partners and we needed to start thinking about actually um, you know, 
what do young people want? So a big part of this initial set of discussions was sitting down with young people, with families who had lived experience and saying, you know, what's the missing piece for you? What, what are we not doing? What is the system not providing for you? And we got some really fascinating answers out of that. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, as a result of that sort of consultation, if you like, um, I understand that some very, very promising programs have actually come out of CW Plus that are sort of scalable and can support more people. And um, could you just sort of tell us a little bit more about uh, some of those? Yeah, so after we kind of, um, I think after this kind of initial round of conversation, we we pulled together, I suppose, uh, an expert panel of you know, clinicians and academics, so young people, parents with lived experience. Um, and you know, kind of mental health experts from across the UK, and started asking asking views in terms of, you know, in essence, kind of if the answers are sitting there under our nose, what would you change? And we landed with a program that is now called Best for You, and Best for You launched officially in in November last year. And Best for You, in essence, is a program that tries to provide a kind of rounded approach to how we can how we can provide support for our population of young people, um, and that's everything from care in hospital all the way to you know when you're at home and hopefully that preventative side of things so best for you if you like if you break it down it is it, almost like um four quadrants you have uh your 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 in hospital piece so uh we're in the process of designing what will be uh, a state-of-the-art new young people's unit at chelsea and westminster so that's to avoid that bottleneck of young people coming to a and e getting stuff there and there's a whole new model of care that sits around that. So both in terms of how we put the staffing model that we provide, the multidisciplinary teams you can intervene immediately, but also we've designed that unit in line with an ambition that the NHS laid out in its long-term plan in 2019, which is to have young people in that environment assessed and then hopefully got back home or into an appropriate setting within 72 hours. So part of that unit will be a, a rapid assessment unit, which is something that um, we're working very closely with um, with, with our paediatric colleagues on, but also with, with representatives from the uh, National NHS team on as well. So in hospital is one piece of it, but as I said, you know, that's the kind of, you know, that, that's, that's the bit where we're trying to avoid, um, but we know it's there and we have to improve when people come. So it's kind of what happens before that and what happens after that. So we're also building an aligned day centre, uh, which will be opening in this autumn. Uh, and that's a place where, uh, in essence, it's a, a walk-in centre for, for young people and families. It's also a space where we'll be able to provide some clinical care that we don't think needs to take place in a hospital setting. So again, it's a kind of a, a way of um, hopefully uh, it's a safe space uh, for young people, either before they come into hospital, before they feel the need to come to hospital, or um, if they've been discharged, it's somewhere they can go without having to think about going back into the A&E system again to hopefully de-escalate the situation. And again, kind of mixed model, everything from uh, trained volunteers with lived experience and digital experience, all the way through to youth workers and clinical staff. So that's going to be uh, a really kind of novel approach that, as I said, we're launching in the autumn. The third piece, um, and probably, and, and the piece that we launched uh, at the end of last year, is a digital portal. Mm. So obviously in our consultations with young people, we have, uh, you know, <laughs> the group of, of people who are trying to reach here, they're digital natives. So um, I think there's, uh, I think in our, in our surveys, there was something along the lines of 42% of young people said they are online constantly in their life. So mm. obviously communicating through, through digital channels is absolutely critical. So we launched a Best for the UNHS um, yeah, as, 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 a, as a new digital portal 
And that brought together both kind of a, a whole series of relevant content, signposting to other um, to other services in our local area, um, some great partnerships with um, companies like YouTube, uh, who we've just actually done a series of films with over the course of Mental Health Week um, that's just passed. Um, but also, um, the thing for really the that's kind of most uh, clinically interesting about this platform is that it has um, a, the country's first vetted kind of mental health app library. So it is a, a, a place where you can go and find everything, you know, kind of tools to help you with everything from sleep, anger, depression, all the way through to kind of some of the more severe kind of self-harm eating disorder kind of conditions. Um, see everything on there has been vested, it's been vested clinically, it's been vested by the company, Orcus, who works with the NHS to 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 to, to um to, to vet and, and, and moderate apps that the NHS recommends. And it is a kind of one-stop shop. And we found that that's something that both young people have, have found incredibly helpful of now getting over a thousand visits a month, um, but also clinicians as well who are starting to uh, actively use digital as part of their as part of their treatment plan in a very in, in a very active and proactive way. So it's a really helpful resource for them. So you've got this, the three domains of in hospital, out of hospital, day centre, community program, how reaching out into the community. Digital is a thread that runs all the way through it. And then the final piece of the puzzle is, well, how actually can we show that this is working? And the first steps that we took before any of this was pulling together a fantastic team um, or to help us with kind of research and evaluation. And that's a team from Imperial College and the National Institute of Health Research, our local applied research collaborative. And they've been fantastic in really kind of helping us um, challenge us in terms of kind of what are the questions you're trying to ask it? Uh, what, are the, what are the problems you're really trying to solve? Does the data stack up to what the anecdotal evidence is saying in terms of making some of these decisions? And critically, can we then template this model so it can be shared with other healthcare systems and quickly adopted? And it would be incredible for that to happen, wouldn't it? Because this is something that's been developed with young people for young people and is a really unique first of its kind model of mental health care and support. And it's multifaceted as well, isn't it? And it is a large but sort of very much needed program because one in six young people do experience a clinical significant mental health problem. And if we just look at northwest London, for instance, that equates to 37,000 youngsters within that region alone. So it is such a much, yeah. much needed programme. Um, but to make that programme work with everybody, um, with all the best people involved as they are, um, I suppose that having sort of a clear and strong leadership structure is incredibly important for it to execute its success as well. And how has that sort of uh, been established, would you say? Yeah, so we've established, um, I suppose, it, 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 you're absolutely right, the kind of governance around the program, particularly the, the, the diversity of the partners we have and the kind of multifaceted nature is, is, is really, really important. Otherwise, you start losing track of all the threads and hairs that are running. Um, so we have um, different, I said we have uh, clinical subgroups for each of the different domains I've just described. So the in-hospital piece, um, our young people centre, we have a subgroup for this that's chaired by our head of paediatrics at Chelsea and Westminster. We have a, a subgroup of day centre and community program that's chaired by one of the senior clinicians at, at Central Northwest London. And then we have a digital board as well that's chaired by um, the head of, uh, head of digital and, and CAMS at West London. So uh, we have that kind of clinical leadership embedded uh, in each of those areas. But then we also, above that, we have an oversight board, which is a mixture of NHS leadership. So we are delighted that we have the chief executives of our NHS partner organisations, which includes you know, Leslie Watson, 
from Chelsea and Westminster, Carolyn Regan from West London, and Dame Claire Murdoch from Central North West London, who is also the, the, the National Director for Mental Health in the NHS, sitting on that group. We also have some other fantastic people. Uh, it's chaired by Catherine Kutai, who is the uh, Chief Executive of, of Novo AS, um, and the, 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 the big pharma group um, out of Denmark. Uh, he was the person who initiated these discussions, so Catherine's leadership has been instrumental in this program from the outset. And we also have some other fantastic subject matter experts, uh, people like Ivy Feldman, who used to run the Moonshot Unit over at Google in California, who is a, you know, one of the uh, you know, digital experts who we were so keen to get involved in this program to really help shape and guide us in terms of thinking about new technologies and new ways of working with digital and this group of, and this group of patients. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So it's very much kind of three levels of leadership there. You've obviously got the input from sort of the clinical leadership and on the other hand, the operational and senior side. But also it's a programme that's led by young people as well. It's led by what young people are telling you. And obviously every single element has got to kind of work as a kind of a single offer because if, if obviously it doesn't work, young people are going to spot this and not engage with the programme how it's in, how, how, how you intend. So it's important to make, make sure that you get the message right, isn't it, Ray, obviously moving forward with this? Absolutely right. And I think that's something that we built in from the outset. So we do have, we have young people representing the programme on that oversight board and their voices kind of uh, hopefully play through every different facet of this programme. And as we reach out into our community, we've got more and more partners who we're working with who have these big networks of young people who, who can help us um, in terms of design, content, think of thought processes. Are we making the right choices? Are we investing in the right way? Um, you know, we've got fantastic partners like Word on the Curve who can reach um, a group of 10,000 young people from a whole variety of different backgrounds. So those kinds of partnerships are absolutely critical. We also have partners closer to home. We have fantastic relationships with organisations like Chelsea Football Club, um, who've got a, a whole range of community program, programs that we're working very actively with them. And then some, um, and then some, some organisations that focus on specific areas, that, you know, specific kind of areas of the community, specific demographic groups. So we're trying our best to always be kind of reaching out and finding and finding ways of accessing um, as many young people as we can of many different backgrounds as we can and, and, and adapting our material and our messaging to make sure that it is as inclusive as it can possibly be. And it is starting to really have ripples in both, um, the communities that need it, isn't it? Because during the recent Mental Health Awareness Week, the programme had over 20,000 Twitter impressions and also over 6,000 viewers on YouTube looking at the sort of Best View homepage videos as well. So the content's getting out there, isn't it? And I suppose now it's a case of trying to sort of kind of scale that up and get that message out even more. Exactly that, and you know, obviously, this is helpful. That you know, the, the digital work. This is the digital platform is a, is a free access, open source um, tool, so anybody can anybody can access that. But now we're really pleased with the traction that it's getting, and I think, as you say, the, our job for for twenty twenty two is always going to be, in essence, kind of marketing this marketing this this service and 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 and, and this support offer to young people. And we've got again, we've we've made some great headway already this year. Uh, we're working with some amazing organisations. We're working with already seven colleges and universities across Northwest London. We're working with amazing organisations like the London Group for Learning, which has got a network of 3,000 schools who are using that, that that digital tool. So we are doing everything about everything we can, as I said, to reach as many people as possible, and also show you know, professionals from any sector who actively work with young people that there's something in there that might be able to help and support them as well that they can access. Um, and Critically, as we kind of build those networks, 
we find people who are doing amazing work all the time. You know, the, one of the other kind of bits of ethos around Best for You is that it's deliberately designed not to duplicate and not to kind of start with a blank piece of paper and do that kind of big organization thinking of going, oh, we'll just do it all ourselves. We're actively looking at you know, to find organizations, to find partners, to find individuals, youth groups, anybody who has got um, you know, a track record of doing great work with young people. We want to be able to signpost more young people there. We want to be able to put your your organization on a pedestal. We want to be able to say, this is an amazing service. You need, you know, it, it's something that could definitely help you to, to, the, to the children and young people in, in, in and around that local community. Um, and, um, and by just taking that approach, I think we're getting a really great response. People want to come and work with us. But I'd say anybody who's listening, who works in this space, please do drop a line, get in touch, because we are always actively looking for partners who we can promote. Yeah, fantastic. And um, if there is anybody listening in um, who sort of wants to engage or learn more about the overall project, um, what are the sort of best avenues to go down with that, Chris? Um, so I think the best, uh, the, I think, you know, obviously, look at, if, if you want to uh, log into bestviewnhs.org, uh, uh, that, that is that is our, our, our window to the world, or um, CW Plus, um, on the CW Plus website as well. Um, so I think there, 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 are, there are easy contact details there. As I said, if you're a clinician who wants to find out more, if you're a teacher, if you're a nurse working with young people, there is information for you there. If obviously, if you are a parent, a carer, a young person, there is information and, and, and content that hopefully you'll find useful there. And if you want to have an active conversation with us, there's contact details on those websites. You can get hold of me or any other program team through those mediums. Absolutely. Been over 5,000 visits to the platform since it's launched um, as well. So certainly gaining some uh, real traction. And I think the awareness of sort of young people um, in increasing kind of their activity levels and how that can benefit their mental health really improving as a result. I've got 87% of children and young people, a statistic in front of me here, who said that mental health has improved with sort of more activity. And that's not just physical. That's obviously just any kind of sort of activity keeping your brain busy. And, you know, it's important, isn't it? Just really getting that awareness out there. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, this, it comes back to that idea of, you know, well, we, 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 were, we were talking as a group recently and, and we kind of landed on this idea that we want people to stay as people. We don't want young people to become patients. And so it, it's not just that we are about the jargon of prevention and wellness and all of these different things. But ultimately, you know, we want you to be able to you know, live a life that you want to live and not have mental health as a barrier to that. Um, we can help you. We can help you at any stage of that journey. Um, and hopefully we can, those people who surround you, who you trust, who you love, who care for you, um, you know, we can hopefully help them as well. Fantastic. And if just before we finish, Chris, I'm asking one final question. Um, 12 months from now, where ideally do you see sort of best for you as a programme being? What is it that you really hope that it's achieved by that point? So I think 12 months from now, I'd like to say that best for you has got a template model uh, for how digital can have a transformative effect um, and across the population of young people in an urban setting. Um, I think best for you should be able to show a fantastic track record from an NHS point of view of how to engage and work with community partners in a very proactive and uh, and 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 um, and benefit mutually beneficial way as opposed to trying to duplicate services. So I think we'll be able to show some real evaluation there. Uh, I think in terms of the numbers of, of young people we want to be able to reach, I'd like to say that yeah, we will have made great headway in terms of accessing that community of half a million people in northwest London. But also, I uh, think 12 months from now, I'd like to think that we're starting to um, accelerate some of the conversations with other healthcare systems, 
see that in Oxford, who I know we already started a conversation with, or Manchester or Glasgow, where we've got engaged colleagues already to start to think how we can start to shift in real time some of the work that we're doing to other bits of the UK as well. And I know there's, there's some real enthusiasm for that. Um, the final bit I'd say is that we will also by then hopefully have a, a really interesting model of how to create a day centre near a, near, near, you know, near a hospital, near an acute setting, and actually how that can act as a, as a staging point and hopefully a point of prevention so as an alternative for young people who might be thinking about the need to access hospital care. Actually, we're going to give them a viable alternative and hopefully I think that could be something that uh, could, again, be really transformative for a lot of hospital and healthcare systems across the UK. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed on that because there is some incredible potential within this programme and uh, we'll certainly be keeping a very close eye on um, sort of how it grows and develops from here and let's hope, of course, that the trajectory remains positive and as we do start to see it sort of taking more of a shape, Chris, I've relished the opportunity to bring you back onto the programme and catch up on how things are coming along and hopefully there'll be some real, real positive traction to us to talk about. Absolutely, thank you. And it would be it would be remiss of me, Scott, so a huge thank you to you, but also... You know, to take this opportunity to thank all the incredible partners, young people, organisations who kind of rallied around us, you know, um, you know, uh, kind of, you know lighting the flare on, on this particular programme. And also a huge thank you to the um, incredible supporters and community of philanthropists who kind of rallied around us as well. The NHS is, is prepared to you know, invest, um, you know, invest its money uh, in, in making this programme work effectively. But the seed funding to set up some of the pro- the elements of the program I've described today has been um, entirely uh, through 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 philanthropic sources. So it would be remiss of me not to say a huge thank you to our community of donors who are standing with us on this. Absolutely, an incredible amount of generosity. And uh, to anybody again tuning in um, who wants to find out more about the programme, I'd just like to reiterate that your best sources are the CW Plus website, that's cwplus.org.uk, and also the Best For You site at bestforyou.org.uk. And if you are a young person who's tuning into this as well, you can also follow um, the, the programme on social media that via Best For You NHS. Um, Chris, um, once again, thank you ever so much for your time and joining us on the program today it's been an immense pleasure having you with us and uh, do by all means take care and stay safe with all still going on in the world as well thank you so much Scott. look forward to coming back again soon it was a great pleasure welcoming chris cheney from cw plus onto today's program and i do hope that everybody thoroughly enjoyed the interview today just to remind everybody listening in, if you do happen to be somebody who runs your own business or your own organisation with its own story of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then by all means, we also want to hear from you. So why not also apply to be on our programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time, to every single one of our listeners, you've been listening to the Leaders' Council podcast with your host, Scott Chaloner. Do take care and goodbye.